right, party people, that song, if you don't know what it is, I feel really bad for you. Uh, that is I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. And it introduces my next guest. Um, James, would you consider yourself like a Bostonian or because you're, you're more from New Hampshire? I'm definitely a Boston sports fan. Okay. That's where I identify. Perfect. That um, So that is James McLeod, the infamous mystery guest that I put up on social media. And it's his first podcast. Yeah. Yes, it is. I love yeah, it. I love it. Here. Um, I'm popping people's cherries left and right. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I love, I remember when I did my first um, podcast, uh, it was also a sports podcast and it was just so much fun. I just got addicted. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing this. But um, James and I actually, we always start this off by saying how we met. Um, and we met at Technically, we bonded at your Christmas party. That's right. But That's we right. met here at 900, which is where we're drinking right now, the elusive <laughs> 900. Um, and But we really, truly bonded when uh, Dawn, one of the girls that works with me at 900, she recommended that I work for you at a, for your Christmas party, which was so much fun, by the way. I can't wait till next year. It's going to be so – I'm so stoked. We're glad to have you and hope to have you back for sure. Yeah. No, definitely. It'll be, it'll be a raging good time. Lots of sh- shots of fireball will be had a little <laughs> bit more maybe than the last this last year. Um, but let's just get into it. Sounds good. Um, <clears throat> ooh, sorry about that. Uh, first and foremost, obviously we drink and we talk about sports um, on this podcast, the sports bar with a T-H-A. And what just passed us was the college football national championships. We're going to di- divulge really, really quickly into it, and then we'll get over it because I think it's been – said to death, um, just basically how Joe Burrow is a beast and going number one, um, his performance was phenomenal, setting records. Um, But the real story that's been ongoing has been Odell Beckham Jr. handing out money (laughs) to players, um, having a warrant out for his arrest right now um, by the Louisiana police, which just that actually just came out today as we uh, are recording this episode a day early on Thursday. Um, What are your thoughts on the game and on Odell Beckham, either order. All right. Well, the uh, game was uh, a great game. I don't think it disappointed. You know, I think that, you know, um, Joe Burrow sort of solidified himself. And a lot of talk leading up to the game that he's probably the consensus number one pick. And I think that's definitely was cemented. He played a great game. Yeah, LSU kind of dominated the second half. And yeah, in the same way, I think, you know, next year it's probably consensus that um, Trevor Lawrence, he's probably the number one pick next year. And he played well and then kind of shrunk a little bit in the second half. Uh, and LSU just, they did a great job and very deserved of their uh, championship. Oh. And then, you know, Odell just makes me laugh. You know, it's, I don't make too much of it. I don't think it's that big a deal, but, you know, kind of thumbing his nose at the NCAA, you know, who cares? I, don't, I really don't think it's that big a deal. And you know, that's a, it's a pretty layered conversation, right? You yeah. Know, no, I mean, we're getting to that point, right? Where the, uh, the NCAA is going to start, paying the finally paying the players um what how much that would possibly be it's probably not as much as odell probably gave all those lsu guys but uh (laughs) you know maybe possibly at least they're getting some piece of the pie you know which is so well deserved i think i think it's ridiculous that this hasn't happened before um that it took california passing a law in order for the ncaa to feel the pressure to yeah, do that. yeah. There, you know, there's you're hard pressed to find a lot that I agree with in California in terms of politics. But this is one thing that I think you're probably heading in the right direction. You know, the name and likeness thing. Yeah, the players are able to benefit from that now, and that makes a lot of sense to me. I do think that we have a tendency to undervalue 
the scholarships and the education that's provided at times. Yeah, but it, the whole thing with Odell, I mean, is it is it better or worse? Uh, he could have taken them down to Bourbon Street and bought them all dinner, bought them drinks all night. Maybe he did. But what's – I don't know. I, don't, I, don't I mean, I think, deal. I think obviously he was definitely intoxicated while he was in that <laughs> locker room. It was – it's – I was looking at a bunch of comments on Instagram as far as like, cause Barstool Sports put it up there. Like every possible um, media outlet put it out there that he's, I mean, he's a great talented player. It doesn't mean he's intelligent. So, and I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a New York Giants fan. So once he left and the cancer was out of the locker room, it was kind of the similar thing as AB leaving Pittsburgh or like getting boot from Pittsburgh. It's very similar in the fact that like, I just don't think that he's, got a lot up there. I think he's maybe needs a little bit more teaching, I guess. Or, um, but yeah, I mean, he knew what he was doing. Like he was drunk and he was, or he was probably intoxicated in one way or the other, whether it's a high from the game or whether it's actual intoxication. And I'm sure that he's just living in the moment and that's awesome. That's what some people should be doing. But when you have all eyes on you, probably not the smartest thing. Yeah, you're right. I don't think, again, I don't think it's that big a deal. You probably, he was in the moment enjoying the, LSU yeah. championship, yeah. good for him. He got excited, and I don't think it's that big a deal. And these guys, for the course of a week leading up to the game, they're getting swag bags. You know, so it's hard. You know, it's just a, it's a moving line. Where do yeah. you draw the line? Right. You know, what, yeah, he obviously doesn't care. Yeah, you know, he was blatantly giving out five hundred dollar yeah, handshakes. Yeah, you know, or hundred dollar handshakes. Off his back. Whatever. Yeah. So you know, yeah. the NCAA can do what they want. He's he's no longer NCAA, and hopefully doesn't blow back on LSU. I mean, I'm. Again, I think because I think it's this coming year, not like not obviously this year, but like the following season that that rule is going to come into play for the NCAA. Obviously for California, it's not until I think it's not until 2023 or something to that effect. Um, But I think the NCAA is is fast tracking their pay to play rule. Um, I still, however, think that like. This is going to this is going to be good for the game, but at the same time, you're right. Where's the defining line? You know, where do you sit there and say like, oh, well, does this really matter? Or um, are, are there more, like, should we give this kid more? Should we give this kid more? Like this program, this program, like it's, you know, that that is where the line is. I have no idea. Me. How do you legislate it? How do you uh, put rules in place? Who knows? I have no right. idea. And this really is an issue that it does not impact NCAA football. It impacts the BCS schools, right. BCS conferences. And that's really about it. Right. Once you start getting out of the big conferences, these programs, they're not making money. No. So, but if a, I mean, even kids, a, even some conferences in the Pac-12, sorry to interrupt you, but even some conferences in the Pac-12 are really still smaller schools. Like Washington State's not making UCLA money, right? You know, so again, where do you draw that line? Even in our conference, even in the Big Five, even in you know these big huge conferences, like how how much is Washington State going to be having to give their players versus UCLA? Having to give their players, yeah, and I'm, you know, again, who knows how this will look? Right. I'm, I'm not necessarily for the universities or even the conferences paying these kids. But if, you know, going back a few years, if Johnny Manziel wants to go down the mall and sign autographs um, I mean, and someone's going to pay for him, yeah. I don't really think it's the NCAA's, you know, place to say that he can't do that. No, I agree. So, and I know it's it's murky and there's, you know, a lot of conversation behind that. But the name and likeness thing, I think, is probably a step in the right direction. All right. All right. Um, speaking of stepping in the right direction, let's go to my favorite sport because I played this sport. Um, Where did you play? I actually, so I went to a junior college in California, um, up the street. It's called El Camino. Mm -hmm. And then after this, this is actually really good because I've never told my story. Um, So I played at El Camino for two years. 
was a starter over there. And then um, I wasn't getting any offers. And then I went to a camp uh, or a clinic or whatever in uh, San Diego. And this woman from Cal State Monterey, who is a total bitch, um, <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I didn't like her. Uh, but she was the only one that offered me uh, a spot on the team. Uh, and that was at Cal State Monterey. So I was there. Yeah, which is really beautiful. But the campus was not pretty at the time. I'm sure the <laughs> campus is gorgeous now. It's been it's been over a decade since I've been in school. So um, but the campus is formerly a military base. And right. so it literally looked like a military base. So it was not pretty. But outside of that, Monterey is gorgeous, like downtown Monterey and like going to Carmel. It's really pretty. But where I lived was not pretty. It looked like barracks. It was just gross. But uh, yeah, so I played at Cal State Monterey and then I quit after that because my coach was basically the female version of Bobby Knight. And uh, I bounced after that and I graduated from Cal State Long Beach. Go Beach. All right. Um, Go Beach. But I'm actually a diehard and we're going to bring and we're going to. Um, talk about this later, but I'm a diehard Duke fan. I do. I believe blue. Yeah. Ever since I was eight, like, I, is that why you had me on? A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Um, are you BC? No, I'm, no? A, I'm a Duke fan. Oh, okay. So, There's you know, when, so few of us. That's why I was just like, well. well, when Duke came in '89 to the Kingdom for the Final Four, yep. I was living in Seattle. My dad took me, and I was playing AU basketball with Quinn Snyder's little brother. Oh wow! So I met Quinn, that's awesome. I met Danny Ferry and met uh, Coach K. And been a Duke fan ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that championship solidified the 91, 92 back to back, like solidified my, my love. So um, I, I think also like my mom, my mom played pro, uh, professional basketball overseas. And so she taught us how to play my brother and I had to play. And so she always emphasized fundamentals and Duke is an extremely fundamental team, um, at least back then. Um, obviously, they're a highlight reel right now, which is great. Good for them. Still pretty fundamental. Yeah. No, for sure. Definitely. I just think that they, uh, ever since the Zion era, if you can call it an era because it's only one year, but ever since then, like, I think that kids are just, and you can look at it on social media. It's like highlight reel after highlight reel. I don't know if you know about this kid, uh, Mac McClung, plays for Georgetown. I haven't watched him. Oh my God. He's a highlight reel and a half. He's a junior now. And he like, he has springs. Like this kid is phenomenal. Like watch out for him when he goes pro. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be great. Anyways. Um, so which conference do you want? Which is your favorite basketball conference? ACC has to be, right? Yeah. And I, then I try and pay as much attention to the PAC 12 as I can. Um, well, we are in Cali. To be perfectly honest, I think I'm guilty of the same thing. Everyone's guilty of once we get past the Super Bowl next week. Or in two weeks, yep. I turned my attention to uh, conference play in college basketball, March right. Madness, and NBA playoffs. And so, you know, I'll have a stronger opinion about who's going to win. I do have an opinion. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I do. I definitely more an ACC and Pac-12, so the coast for me for sure. Okay. Okay, yeah. awesome. So other than Duke, um, if you had to root for somebody else in the ACC, even though, in my opinion, there's nobody else in the ACC. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, who do you think would possibly – actually, screw that. Who do you think would possibly actually win the conference? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Duke is the Duke's the hands down favorite. I think right. that North Carolina is coming to the season way overhyped. Uh, I like Cole Anthony, but I don't think that team is. You know, they've struggled so far this season, and I think Duke with um, I like the composition of this year's Duke team. Real last year, like you said, they were a highlight highlight reel between uh, Cam Reddish and Zion and R.J. Barrett. Uh, love this team now. Um, Carey, you know, Vernon Carey Jr. Oh, he's and, sick. Um, he needs to step up a little bit more, yeah, but he's Cash still Stanley, sick. Mm-hmm. I like Trey Jones as a sophomore. They have this. They have a little. What they didn't have last year, they have a little bit more. You know, upperclassmen leadership. You know, the role players. 
Um, you know, like Alex Conley kid and Jack White, they give them good minutes. Right. You know, they're they're, they're going to, you know, go as far as Vernon and these other guys are going to take them. But, yeah, the one thing about Duke basketball is, yes, they're young. You know, they have these a couple of one and dones, perhaps. They get better. They always get better. They're well coached the course of the year. And I, I just think they're they're the hands down favorite to win the ACC. And, you know, right now you look at the top five, whether it's Baylor, Gonzaga, Duke, you know, yeah, the March Madness is madness for a reason. But I, I, I put my money on Duke this year. Okay. What's your, um, I was going to do this later. I guess, you know what? I'll, I'll ask you later. Um, what about the Pac 12? Hit me with your Pac 12. Uh, oh, it's, I've been a Pac 12 fan, you know, my whole life, uh-huh. you know, for all sports. And I'll be honest with you, it's, it's been a little painful <laughs> the last few years. Yeah, on the football end and on the basketball yeah. end, it's pretty so, – it hurts. You know, I'm just hoping that, you know, local, the local teams, UCLA, is not having a good year. Um, you know, I had I, I actually coached a couple years of college basketball way back in the day. Oh, where? At, at Virginia Wesleyan where I played. So oh, nice. Two years. And as a small college basketball coach, we used to work the circuit of camps up and down the eastern seaboard and met Andy Enfield years ago when he was a uh, shooting instructor. Oh wow! Even before, even before he was like before he was at Gul- uh, Florida, Florida State Gulf. and then uh, Florida Gulf, Gulf Coast. Coast. Yeah. yeah. So you know, Andy wouldn't remember me, but I remember <laughs> him from a long, long time ago. Um. So Pac-12. So going back to the Pac-12, as far as I know, obviously you follow them religiously, but what team do you think is going to win, um, win outright? That conference. Hard to say. I, if I had to, if I had to bet right now, I'm, I'm going towards Oregon. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> not 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 Arizona. Yeah, like Arizona, but okay. uh, I really again I haven't watched either of them play a ton. I think uh, I know that Oregon's got a talented roster, so mm-hmm. until I can make a more informed decision, I'm sticking with the Ducks. Okay, have you actually speaking of Oregon? Have you seen their standout? They're they're a little bit more favored to win. Their women's program is actually really favored to win the tourney because one of the girls on there is like an outstanding. She she can hit it from the outside. She can still go and create. Um, She's supposed to be some standout player, and they're like, it's finally happened where UConn is not favored to win the tournament. Wow. Yeah. Took long enough. Well, it's interesting because they actually um, have lost the last two or three um, final fours. They haven't even made it to the the title game, which is crazy. Like, my my ex went to UConn, and so that was their claim to 11 titles. Like, that's insane. They have 11 rings. Like, I can't even imagine UConn not being in there. Same probably as everybody else can't imagine that Bama is timing up their death, their um, um, their dominance with the Patriots. You know, yeah, trailing off <laughs> at the same time. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, so okay, so you have or you have Oregon. Long story short, you have Oregon winning uh, the Pac-12. Uh, and then I will you, say, I think the SEC too. I will say this: love Bruce Pearl. I love really? Okay. I can see Auburn make another run. I think Bruce is—he's been through the mill with the NCAA. And he's a good coach, you know. And Auburn was lucky to have him land there, and he's—they'll—they'll they'll be good. Uh, I can, you know, always convinced they'll have him ready to play. So they'll make the tournament. Do you think they'll win the the whole thing? Because well, I mean, Kentucky I is on the downside, but at the no, same time, but not in conference. I think they'll win the SEC. Okay. Yeah, I think Auburn will win the SEC. You can't go back. It's recorded. It's That's on the all right. pod. All right. All right. Auburn to win the SEC. I uh, I want to agree with you, but I just I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't really watch the SEC until like later on because I'm so in, entrenched with the ACC. But yeah. um, I'll have to keep my eye on that then. Okay, so last but not well, second to last but not least, uh, the Big Ten. The Big Ten. 
Yeah, uh, Michigan seems to be down a little bit. Yeah, again. Um, I mean, Michigan State is always the favorite. I mean, that that kid Cassius is special, man. Yeah, he's so I special. Think, and again, same thing. Izzo, like Coach Katie, they improve to the course of the year. They'll be ready come conference tournament time. Mm-hmm. So I would have to lean towards Michigan State as well. Okay. Yeah, you know, like sure. Michigan. Um, you know, with that, their uh, beeline is gone now. So mm-hmm. that's a yeah, nothing against John John Howard, but it's a transition. So I'll, I'll stick with Tom Izzo. Okay. I mean, he also Juan only has one year under his belt. Yeah. So it's it's kind of similar to um uh Penny, you know, with him having his first year um with Memphis. Um what's that what's that saying like when mom calls you answer, you yeah. know? So I mean, both of them mom called, so they're like what are you going to say no to your alumni that like they're the reason why you have what you have. Um do you think that uh Juwan is actually eventually with time, given given like a couple more years, going to be that like tournament playoff worthy? No, it's it's always hard to say. Juwan's background, uh, he came directly from correct me wrong, came from the NBA from an NBA bench. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and I just do think that the the difference is uh, it's it's very nuanced. That being a basketball coach, a big time basketball coach versus being in the NBA, right? You know, you know, you, you live and you breathe the recruiting trail. You know. I mean, you have to. It's your the, job. The advantage is you get you get to pick the groceries, but you got to go out and work hard to get them. Yeah. And that's whether he can do that, you know, and can do it consistently over time. The only time will tell. I think it's impossible to know. And that's, you know, it's hard to compete against Tom Izzo and State. You know, I, the one thing I do know is that I'm sure Juwan doesn't know half as many high school basketball coaches in the state of Michigan now that Tom Izzo does. Oh, and yeah. So, well, that's also, the, like you said, that comes with time, though. That's right. So that's not exactly something that he, you know, when he was on an NBA bench was like, I'm going to go to high school because, of, of course, the one and done, like that one year removed, you can't do anything about that. You can't talk to those kids or whatever. Right. So, you know, Izzo has that advantage where he can talk to those kids. He can, you know, form those relationships. Um, the NCAA gives him like a little bit, I guess, more of a leash, right, than um, than the NBA can because of the, of the rules. Um, what about, sorry, I just lost my thought. So we're consensus is big 10. We're both in agreement, Michigan state. Yes. Okay. Michigan state. Okay. Okay. So big East Villanova. Villanova. I I don't care where they are. Villanova. (laughs) Are you just like, are you just like on that? I mean, I love their coach. Yeah, he's exactly. he's phenomenal, and he builds a great program. But I mean, there's other guys in there's other teams on in the Big well, East. I'm going based on again my limited viewing of the Big East this year, <laughs> so I'm sticking with Nova. Okay, I'm okay. going to stick with them until they prove me wrong. All right, all right. I mean, <laughs> that's bold. I don't know. I I've I've only seen uh, because Fox Sports one uh, they have the Big East. I think for a few more years and. I love Georgetown, even with everything that they've dealt with and all the drama and all the people like dropping out and going to other schools and getting suspended slash dropped from the team. I still love Georgetown, not to win the Big East. I just love them as a team. Right. Um, but with the limited intel the, I have, I'm sticking with. Okay, the- you're sticking with. Okay, <laughs> sticking okay, with okay, 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 okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do you look at other conferences as well, or no? Just the Big Five. Which well, is completely then, understandable because, and then we well, I do. I one of the things I love about college basketball is I think that you know, it more than anything else probably has the most parity, yeah, uh, and the growing parity it has for years and years and years. 
And I think like what uh, Mark Few is what you know Bob Munson started with Gonzaga and Mark Few's continued for the last 20 years has been they may not play in a BCS conference or a Big Five conference, but they are a Big Five school. They recruit like a Big Five school. They travel like a Big Five school. They're a preeminent um, and they're a consistent top 10 team. Um, they, well, they build programs though. So that's the only difference between like all these big five yeah, they, programs. They, but you know, they've had their fair share of guys leave early as well. You know, Zach Collins was there yeah. you know, and he, he's two doing, years, he's, I think. Yeah, like yeah. two or three years ago and he's yeah. doing well now and coming to his own in Portland. Um, they, they, they lever their, um, opportunities outside the U S they have a lot of international players that come in They They do a phenomenal job. So I do want to pay attention to them and, um, but, you know, it ends up being the ACC and predominantly the big conference schools. Of course. Of course. I mean, like, look, you know, look at last year, Virginia, which, okay, so I don't want to say that the NCAA rigs um, anything, but I'm kind of leaning towards, like, that was rigged, where, like, they, like, <laughs> kind of funneled and, like, hand spoon fed them that championship because because of what happened the year before, them losing to a 16, um, which has never happened in NCAA history. Um, th- them coming back and don't get me wrong. Like I totally understand, you know, uh, kids staying with the programs specifically so they can win a title and all that stuff. And um, knowing probably also knowing that the draft stock is, um, but I personally felt like they was spoon fed to them. What are your thoughts as far as like the Virginia win I, last year, yeah, which maybe, is a great win. Maybe I have some blinders on. I, I like Bennett. I remember as a kid when I first gotten, to really follow the NCAA tournament, watching Tony play for his father at Wisconsin Green Bay. So rooting for them throughout the tournament. Um, and yeah, I think that it, what a great comeback story after losing the first round. Maryland, Baltimore County. Um, sidebar head coach Ryan Odom, who I played against in college. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. son of Dave Odom, who was Wake Forest in uh, South Carolina. Oh, nice. So we'll look for Ryan on the move at some point nice. into one of the conferences. Okay. I mean, um, it's so funny because I used to live in Maryland. So UMBC, I don't think anybody – everybody had to look up literally who this team was. It's, a, it's a lacrosse school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what Maryland does, right? Lacrosse, yeah. lacrosse I, and football. But one thing, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't, yeah. I don't think NCAA or officials do that. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. saying there aren't bad calls from time to time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't take it away from the uh, Kyle guy stepped up and hit three foul shots with, yeah. the, with the world watching. Yeah. So you got to give him his due. No, definitely. I mean, he stepped up to the plate for sure. Um, I'm not again. I'm not saying that it wasn't a great game, and I'm not saying it wasn't a great run. I'm just saying that maybe it. I don't want to say it was an easy road, and I'm probably going to go to a lot of shit for this, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, what's you know what wasn't easy is watching Virginia play. Yeah, because uh, you know, they I, had to come back from rooting, behind a lot of times. For them, but man, they're a boring team to watch. There's a lot of defense. <laughs> And they're, they're great, and they did a great job last year, but they're, they're not a great watch. I mean, that's what they say about a lot of Super Bowl teams where uh, – remember when um, uh, Carolina played Denver? That was the most boring Super Bowl yeah. I've ever watched in my damn life. Um, defense completely centric. But, like, say, I mean, same thing, but that wins titles. That wins rings. So, I mean, I get why they played that way. Um, obviously, it would be more exciting to watch, like, a Kentucky um, matchup with anybody else and them just, like, Sure. dunk the ball the whole entire time like chicks dig the long ball in baseball like chicks dig like dunks or whatever in basketball but um well i don't want to jump around but you could get patty mahomes and aaron Rodgers in the super bowl so that would be fun oh man that'd be like a shootout <laughs> that'd be like the kansas city uh uh regular season kansas city uh rams game like that would be a shootout i personally believe i i still think after watching even though i'm not a huge 
um, Aaron Rodgers fan. After watching that, I think that like he can still sling it and he can still totally throw it. And obviously Mahomes can do the same thing. And but their defense is is pretty garbage though. The Kansas City gar- defense. Yeah, they're like ranked like second to last or last in the yeah. in the league. They got a lot better in the last six seven weeks of the year though. They're they playing, did maybe momentum will help. And um, I think, but I think I think it's going to be Kansas City facing San Francisco in the Super Bowl. I think the Niners defense is going to you know give Green Bay. Really, you don't think fits. that Tennessee can pull pull it out? I mean, yeah, granted they, they are very low seed, but could, you know, but I think Tennessee has been great. And um, you know, Henry's a beast, and Hannah Hill's. Tannehill's played very well. I mean, Tannehill's not a Super Bowl winning no. quarterback. You know, Tannehill, you know, that's the old uh, thermometer and thermostat, right? Uh, right. Tannehill, he's going to reflect the temperature, and Mahomes is going to set the temperature. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that'll be the game. Oh, Patty Mahomes is going to be too much for them to overcome. Okay. I mean, I you definitely need to have that franchise quarterback. You need to have that leader um, in your – I don't want to say back pocket, but you have to have that leader right then and there. But I also – interesting stat, I was watching – um, part of the AFC um, division uh, playoffs at Knicks in Manhattan Beach. And guy came up to me and was like, we were sitting there chatting or whatever, him and his girlfriend. And they're like, did you know that there's a stat that every single time that the um, Patriots lost in the wild card, that team ended up winning the Super Bowl? Huh? I mean, there's only three teams now that have right. that played a wild card. So that's a very interesting stat. And like, so if Tennessee wins, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I also we'll have money on Tennessee, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, well if, if I'm Kansas City, I'm, I'm forcing Ryan Tannehill to beat me. Or yeah. Stuff the box. and Yeah. And, I mean, and, you have to stop that running game right. or else it's, you know, what I don't think that they really have anything else. And Tannehill's not great. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. This actually helps us to go. Oh, uh, before we go on our first break, first and last break. I need to know who do you think is going to win the whole entire thing, or who's your final four pick, or both. Okay, so my for the going NCAA back to tournament, basketball. yeah, going back to basketball. I'm going, I'm going back to Duke. I just think that the, I, I like the composition of the team again. I, I again, I, I like this team better than I like last year's team. I love Zion, I love RJ, but I think they were limited in a lot of ways. And I give it a little stretch the floor. You able to shoot a little bit better than they were able to last year as a team. I think this team can do this. Do that. I think the team has a little more. Um, you know, upperclassman influence. And okay. I, I think, uh, and I just love uh, Vernon Carey Jr. I think his game is multidimensional. He can step out. He can hit the shots. He's one of the few players in college basketball who's still good with his back of the basket or he can turn and face. I just, he can do a lot of things. So, I, again, I'll turn my attention more to college basketball after the right Super Bowl. Right after the Super Bowl. But as sure. of right now, I'm going to stick with Duke. Ask me again in a month. Okay. We'll just have to have you back <laughs> on in a month. Um and with that, we are going to, the sports bar is going to take our first break with James McLeod. We'll be back, people, party people. <laughs> Deuces. All right, party people, welcome back to the sports bar. That's T H A sports bar with Mr. James McLeod. Um, we're going to go to game time. It's official. It's my favorite segment and everybody else's unfavorite segment <laughs> of the podcast. Time for a little fact or fiction. So, James, uh, I'm going to just. Spit off the rules really quick, and then we'll get straight to it. Awesome. So, fact or fiction, the guest will be given three statements. Two out of these three statements are true. One is false. You will have to guess the one statement that is false. For every incorrect answer you make, you drink. But for every correct answer you make, I drink. 
Um, and uh, all the answers uh, or all the questions pertain to the guest backgrounds or all the facts pertain to your background. Um, so you shouldn't really be surprised. Okay. And uh, normally there are up to eight rounds, but we only got six rounds for you. Okay. And you get one lifeline. So good luck. All right. Starting off with round number one, college national championship round for football. Okay. All right. The BCS playoff is contracted. Um, from the 2014 season to the 2015 season through at least the 2025 to 2026 season as factor fiction number one. Factor fiction number two, as of January 6, 2014, the final BCS National Championship game was played in the Swamp in Gainesville, Florida. The Florida State Seminoles beat the Auburn Tigers 34-31. to 31. As factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three, Paul Bear Bryant coached six national championship teams all while at the University of Bama. No offense, fuck the tide. <laughs> um, <laughs> which one is false? And I can repeat all of these. That's None okay. of these are just one. I, and I, I think I'm pretty strong on this one. No disrespect to the folks from Gainesville, Gainesville, but I don't think they're playing national championship games in the swamp. So I'm going to say that was fiction. Final answer? Final answer. Cheers. Congratulations. I'm drinking. Um, I know. I, I figured like round one was going to be a gimme, and I was like, I'm going to try and make these harder as I go along. But no, do you know for a bonus drink where they played? The, the uh, Florida State Auburn game? Yeah. They played somewhere west. I believe they played in the Rose Bowl. Congratulations. Another bonus drink. Nice. Yeah. Pasadena, California people. Um, oh, you don't have to drink, but if you want to, you can. Why not? There are no, you know, there are no backlashes to this game because either way you can drink. Um, all right. Factor fiction. Round number one goes to Mr. James McLeod. This is round number two, the NCAA basketball round. Led by legendary head coach Everett Case, uh, Casey. The Wolfpack of NC State defeated the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest under head coach Murray Greeson, 82 to 80 in overtime to win the first, very first ACC tournament. That is factor fiction number one. Factor fiction number two, the original Big East teams that are still in the Big East consist of Georgetown, Villanova, Seton Hall, Providence, and St. John's. That is factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three. UCLA leads the rank in regards to championships as the Bruins have won a record 11 championships. The Kentucky Wildcats have the second most championships, a total of eight titles. That is factor fiction number three. Which one is wrong? Okay, well, I believe UCLA has the most basketball championships. Whether or not Kentucky's number two, I think they are. Um, the second question was what again? Um, the first, uh, very first AC tournament, um, win was led by legendary head coach Everett Casey okay. from the Wolfpack. That was the first one. So I'm going to say mm -hmm. that was the uh, fiction. Cause I feel like every time I see a highlight from football games in the past, there are three. No, this is basketball. Oh, this is basketball. Yeah, this is basketball. <laughs> NCAA basketball round. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, um, I'm going to stick with number one is fiction. Final answer. Final answer. It is time for you to officially drink. All right. Okay. So, want to know the mm -hmm. false one? 
All right. So the original Big East was established in 1979. Okay. Villanova joined the Big East in 1980. Okay. So they are not a part of the original Big East. All right. You got me. <laughs> so round one, round number two goes to me. So we're tied one and one. All right. This is the Pac-12 basketball trivia round. Round number three. The Pac-12 conference started as the Athletic Association of Western Universities in 1959. That is fact or fiction number one. Fact or fiction number two. USC's men's basketball program has never won an NCAA title. Fact or fiction number three. The Pac-12's leading single season point leader is Harold Miner with 789 points from USC. But the more impressive stat is from Reggie Miller, who leads the Pac-12 as a single-season point leader with 848 points from UCLA. Which one is false? And the second one was USC has never won a national championship? That is correct, sir. Okay. This is tough. I don't know. I'm going to go with um, number three as being fiction. I love baby Jordan, but I don't remember him having that great a career. Final answer. Final answer. Cheers. Big ears. Yeah. So the Pac-12's leading single um, season point leader is Harold Miner from SC, but Reggie Miller is number three. Khalid Reeves from Uh, Arizona is number two. I was right, but I was wrong. Yes. Yes. So, um, so, um, Khalid, um, from Arizona, he holds the record. It's 848 points. Reggie Miller was third with 750 points in a single season, which is still impressive. That's a lot of points. A lot of points. Okay. So that round goes to Mr. McLeod and round number four, the ACC men's basketball round. You better get this one. <laughs> well, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of history. Um, I tried. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I think these are really, really easy. So, okay. The original members of the ACC were Clemson, Duke, Maryland, North Carolina, North Carolina State, South Carolina, and Wake Forest. That's factor fiction number one. Factor fiction number two. Current members of the conference are, like, as of now, are Boston College, Clemson University, Duke, uh, Georgia Tech, Florida State, North Carolina State, Syracuse, and uh, Louisville, Miami, or the U, uh, UNC, uh, Notre Dame, University of Pittsburgh, the University of Virginia, Virginia Tech, um, and Wake Forest University. That is factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three, the ACC men's basketball programs have won a total of 16 national championships since 1957. And that is all of their programs. Okay. 16. Huh? Again, I can repeat any of these, all of these. You also have a lifeline, but you only get one. <laughs> well, the reality is I really have no idea what the originals were, but I'm going to say that number one is, I'm going to say number one is fiction. Final answer. Final answer. Time to drink. Oh. All right. So the next time, so the next time you're on this, I invert numbers a lot. The ACC men's basketball program has won a total of 15 national oh. championships since 1957. Right. Uh, for a bonus drink, do you know who 
has won the most in the ACC? Won the most in the ACC. So, and I'll I'll give you props if you know how many they've won. It pains me to say it. I would have to say North Carolina. That's correct. How many? And so they have more than they have more than Duke. So I'll say they have seven. Close. They have six. Ah, yeah. Because remember the one that they won, like the in between the Nova ones. Yeah, that that was their sixth one. All right. Yeah. All right. So round number five, the SEC men's basketball round. Factor fiction number one, 10 of the original 13 members have remained in the SEC from its inception. Factor fiction number two, 1940 is the year of the first and to date only national championship for LSU men's basketball coached by Harry Ravenhorst going 14 and one in the regular season and 12 and 0 in conference. One of only four undefeated SEC seasons in LSU history, all four of which came under the coach coaching of Ravenhorst. Oh, Ravenhorst. I'm so sorry. I butcher names all the time. All right. All right. That is factor fiction number two, factor fiction number three. Uh, University of Kentucky's eight championships were won by five different coaches that consisted of um, Adolf Rupp, which is what the uh, stadium is named after, uh, Joe B. Hall. Rick Pitino, Tubby Smith, and Mr. Calipari, who I do not like. That is factor fiction number three. Which one is false? Hmm. And I'm grabbing another truly. <laughs> While you think. All right. I'll wait for you to get back. I would use a lifeline, but I don't know anybody who would know this. All right. All right. So let's, let's get back to this. So the, I'm going to say... The number one, the first option, is the fiction. So 10 of the original 13 members have remained in the SEC from its inception. You think it's false? Yeah. There's been a lot of conference movement, so I'm going to say number one. Final answer. Final answer. Time to drink uh, once more. Man, I didn't think I'd win all these. Well, not all of these, but... A lot of these. These are not easy questions. No, I told you the first one was probably the easiest, and I tried to make it. Sure, you have any questions on the uh, occupation of Czechoslovakia? (laughs) You know what? The next time I actually will do um, history rounds or something like that with you because I don't, I I normally don't do a a sports centric factor fiction. You're like my only sports centric factor fiction. So I was like, I don't know. It's okay. I don't know anything about that either. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So the, uh, the fiction was that in 1935, I told you I invert numbers, in 1935 is the year of the first and to date only national championship for LSU men's basketball coached by Harry Riebenhorst. Must not have had my DVR set. (laughs) Yeah, you know, 1935 was a good year. Said no one ever. Um, All right, round number six, last round. That's all all she wrote. What's the score? Uh, Okay, so the score is... You have two. I yeah. So I'm down. I got. I need this one to tie. This is to tie. All right. You know what? we'll do. Um, we'll do what uh, Ireland and Mason, uh, Mason and Ireland do. We'll double the points. Okay. How about that. So if, this is this is for this the is win. For the win. This All is right. for the win. All right. So round number six, the Big Ten men's basketball. Okay. Okay. Factor fiction number one: Purdue. Lot, 
Purdue last made the Final Four in 1980 when Lee Rose was the coach. That team was led by a 7-1 center, Joe Barry Carroll, who would be the number one pick in the 1980 draft. Purdue lost to Kentucky in the national semifinals. That is factor fiction number one, factor fiction number two. For decades, the conference consisted of 10 universities, but the present conference has 14 member institutions. That is factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three, since 1990, the Big Ten has sent seven different schools to the final four. Those include Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin, and I'm not entirely including this because they made it as an ACC, but Maryland. Okay. All right, Um, which one is false? I just – I. Do not remember the Golden Gophers in the final four. So I'm going to say number three is false. Final answer. Final answer. Man, I win another one. Oh. Cheers. Right. No disrespect to yeah. the Minnesotans. Yeah. They got into one final four, and that was in 1997. 1997. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know which one was false? Yes. All right. So Purdue did not lose to Kentucky. Purdue lost to UCLA. Oh, okay. um, In 1980 in the national semifinals. Tough questions. I don't make make them hard, man. So funny. I actually, um, when I had MJ on this, my original co-host on this, and we split the – we split the responsibilities. So I only had to do four, which was really nice. And she's like, this is really hard to do. And I'm like, yeah, it ain't no joke, man. I like, I go on trivia sites. I like go on, you know, CNN.com. I go on like every single possible media outlet so I can trick you. Uh, Will Tabor actually, when I did this with him, now I got swept with him. Wow. Yeah. He's that man's a savant. Like if you, have you met Will? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. He's a member up here as well, but he mainly is downstairs. Like he'll drink downstairs, but Dude, that that man could answer. He could be on the goat uh, Jeopardy. Wow! Like he's okay. yeah, phenomenal. But I James, some work to do. yeah, thank you. So a month from now, <laughs> I have you on. Okay. So that way, I will do just as hard questions, but we'll we'll kind of switch it up. All right. James sounds- will be James will be here for a month from now. I'm excited. I'm excited. Good. Thank you so much for doing oh, this with welcome. me. Um, for me yeah. No. 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 It was. Hopefully, you had fun. I did. Yeah. Good. Good. Awesome, guys. You are listening to the end of the sports bar now with James McLeod and G. Hey Wiley. Uh, do you have anything to promote? You want to talk about any of your foundations or any of your leagues? Or uh, Well, since we are having an event next month, um, nice. a friend is sponsoring uh, at Rolling Hills Country Club, uh, benefiting the uh, Folds of Honor Foundation for, for, what that consist for a charitable uh, organization. It is an organization that supports the education of spouses and children of our fallen heroes. Awesome. That's so great. And this is at the Rolling Hills Country Club. Yes. And, and what and is the date the, of the? February 11th. Awesome. And uh, you can always donate online at uh, flag, uh, foldsofhonor.org. Guys, that's foldsofhonor.org. Thank you again to Mr. James McLeod. First podcast, killing it, <laughs> Cru- crushing much, it. Jay. Yeah, no, thank Appreciate you so much. Um, we are going to play out James with – downtown by uh, Macklemore. Enjoy guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on everything podcastable, which would be 
Spotify, Anchor, because they let me do this for free, uh, Google Podcasts, and uh, Apple Podcasts. I'll leave a review. That's how we find you. Also, we are on everything social media at The Sports Bar, with the exception of Twitter. On Twitter, we are at Sports Bar Gals. On uh, on Instagram and Facebook, we are The Sports Bar. That is T-H-A Sports Bar. Close to your heart, a little mass hole in you. Right. Um, and follow us. Give us give us a little shout. Uh, see what we're up to. I'm actually going to go to the to LeBron's kids game next Friday. I'm really I'm really pumped about it. Actually, uh, the kids a beast. So thank you again so much for listening, guys. To Mr. James McLeod, great episode. Thank you, G. Thank you, deuces. to the moped store said fuck it the salesman's like what up what's your budget and i'm like honestly i don't know nothing about mopeds he said i got the one for you follow me Ooh, it's too real calm down me i don't need no windshield banana seat i can't be on two wheels 800 cash that's a hell of a deal i'm headed downtown who's up with the alley Tip-toe.